ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, Episode 84, Kate. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery, as well as our special guest for today, Kate Case. Kate, who happens to be a Namastroom client, works at the intersection of Eastern wisdom and Western science. Kate's body of work combines 20 years of experience as a professional yoga therapist, yoga teacher, Thai massage therapist, Eastern medicine practitioner, women's wellness leader, women's moon circle facilitator, and Eastern energy anatomy expert. Kate is a self-described nature-based yogini, moon maven, ritual queen, anatomy geek, and hormone whisperer who specializes in women's health. As you can imagine, this is a really fun and fascinating conversation. And without further ado, here is Kate. Okay, so welcome, Kate, to the podcast. We are so thrilled to have you here. Kate is one of our own clients. And Kate, why don't you start by just sharing a little bit about your own journey in wellness and entrepreneurship and... How long have you been doing this and how did you find yourself here? Oh, wow. Um, How many hours do we have? But first, thanks for having me and happy solstice. It was yesterday, but still. So I started in the wellness industry about 20 years ago. And I first started actually because I kind of fell into it. I was taking a bunch of yoga classes. And actually, before I even started yoga, I was really searching for something And a friend of mine said, well, why don't you try yoga? And I said, well, and this is what I said. So I'll be totally honest. I said, well, you have to eat beans and rice and om all the time. (laughs) Remember, this is 20 years ago. A lot of people didn't know what yoga actually was. And I was one of them. And so I started going to a practice once a week. And the only reason why I continued going back was because of my teacher at the time. I felt very welcome. I felt like it was very inclusive. I, I felt like it was a place that I could kind of explore. Now, I would never have had those words for that at the time because I was also going through a couple eating disorders. And so when I was going through the practice, I realized I started using my yoga as a form of control though. And then about after about a year and a half, I remember being in final relaxation, which was my hardest pose ever. (laughs) And um, because you're totally left with yourself. And I remember just realizing that I was at a crossroads, that I could either continue down this path of self-destruction or I could choose to try to work with my body instead of against her. And I started changing my language to calling my body her instead of it as well too. And it's not been puppy dogs and rainbows for sure, but I made that decision. And obviously to this day, I still remember it very well of coming to that decision of like, no, I need to figure out what this is about. 
So I started down that path, a path of self-discovery and self-awareness. And I did a, a lot of books and retreats and learned with different teachers. But then I realized I was using something that we would call, let's say, healthy or good for you as another form of addiction. I was using it as something to numb out. And I had had a history, and I'm very open about my history of, of having had some addiction in, in my past before I came to yoga, but I had the same mentality. I was just using it so I didn't need to be with myself anymore. So when I started realizing that, and it took a long time to realize that, when I started realizing that, I started doing other things that I would call, and I'm sure we'll dive into a bit more today, but female embodiment practices, like living in my body as opposed to trying to transcend my body. Because I find that a lot of what I was exploring at the time were more ascension practices, practices all about not, practices about ascending the body and transcending things, which is great. And that's the yang principle. But I wasn't experiencing anything that taught me how to be in my body and how to embody my body. And I know you talk a lot about embodiment lately on the podcast and, and your pivots with your business. And that was a big shift for me of being able to learn how to do that and be in that place. And again, it's definitely not puppy dogs and rainbows when you're in it, but it's learning to be, for me, it's learning to be with myself in the moment as it is and allowing things to flow still. So it's not, I found when I was on the path of more what I call ascension, I would ignore and deny the fact that I would be angry or jealous or like all of those labels that we call emotions as bad. And I would do anything to just be in the high vibe, right? In the, in the love and light aspect. And there's nothing wrong with that unless you're spiritually bypassing and ignoring something. And so then I started to realize, actually, these emotions aren't good or bad, right or wrong. They just are, and they're messengers. So I can choose to either allow myself to feed them unconsciously, or I can choose to understand what messages they're trying to give me. And so I, that informed my yoga practice because I was still doing yoga throughout all of this. And I took my couple years of teacher training because at the time, that's all that was around. So I did one year with a yoga master in Alberta, Canada. And then I did another year on top of that. And I was teaching a variety of different classes some more power-based, some uh, not really gentle until a little bit along the line. And then I took my yoga therapy training. So I did a good uh, couple years of yoga therapy training. And because I was kind of doing it anyways, but I really wanted to be informed that I was doing what I was doing was helping the person in front of me. And I wasn't doing anything that might be that I just was unconscious about. So I did my yoga therapy training. I also am a Thai massage practitioner. Reiki practitioner. I'm kind of like that Jane of all trades. I like to have my fingers on lots of pies. And then recently, I guess it takes me to more in the last number of years where I I kind of refer to myself more as I teach nature-based yoga. So that's where I bring in the aspect of embodiment as well as all the other great yoga practices kind of all combined. I think that's it for now. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot. And can you talk about your decision? So you were a teacher, an in-person teacher. How did this decision come about to take your expertise, your learning? How did you decide to take that online and be a, become a teacher online and make the offers available online? Yeah. So I had got to a point where 
soon after my yoga therapy training, I actually thought, and I said to my husband, I think I want to give all of this up. Like, I'm just, I'm done. I don't think this is, this is not the path for me anymore. And I kind of knew that it was probably not the path the way I was doing it because I was doing it the way I was always doing it. And the way I was operating 20 years ago, of course, was maybe good for me at the time, but I've evolved so much. And so, of course, my teaching and my business has evolved as well, too. And I wasn't sure where that place was going to take me. So I kind of went, oh, I'm going to give it all up. And my family already lived on Vancouver Island or some family. And he suggested that I go away for retreat. But I decided to actually stay in real life and um, try to figure it out. And I actually picked up a book. And I have no shares in this book. <laughs> but I'm going to share the book uh, now. It's uh, Stephen Cope's The Great Work of Your Life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I love, love that book. Love, love. Right? <laughs> I love that book. And I love how he explains how extraordinary lives are so ordinary and how ordinary lives are so extraordinary. And reading it, it just helped me frame things a little bit more. Because when I have an issue, when I have a problem, I'm very, um, even though I'm very much in my body, I'm very cerebral. Like I go to my books. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, you know, if you gave me like the largest library on the planet, I would like, I would lose myself and be happy and not even search for food. <laughs> so I love that. But what it showed me was that I was at a place where in Sanskrit, we refer to a Sambega, which is basically a place where you know what you've been doing doesn't work anymore, but you don't know what the next step is. So that's when I started working. I did start working with a coach for a little bit of time. There was some pros and cons with that too. But what it did show me was that I was doing, and, and, and you talk about this on your show a bit too, is I was kind of doing the trading dollars for hours and I wasn't really getting in front of the people that I thought that were my tribe that I could really help. And so I ended up coming across you through another teacher that I had that I've known for a number of years. And she said, well, why don't you give these gals a try? And she mentioned you, Sandy. She's like, Sandy's from Calgary. And I was like, okay, great. That's awesome. Because I love knowing the businesses that I'm going to be interacting with. And so, yeah, I started taking a look at all of that. And I started doing some online work. And then I took my one-on-one business online as well. So I work with women. I specialize more in women's health, wellness, well-being. And then I, I kind of call it soul fulfillment. So it's kind of that what do you do when you're in that place and you don't know where else you're going to go, that kind of thing. And so I find that online enables me, of course, to be able to have a larger microphone, a wider reach, and a bigger broadcast system. But in a way, it's not just casting a wider net, it's actually honing in on who would benefit best from that message. And what do you think about the internet allows that honing to happen? I think that... The internet gets a bad rap, I think. And still, I think in the wellness field, what I my experience has been talking to people who are going for services or teachers that, well, the internet is so um, foreign, number one, scared of technology, like all of that and impersonal. And actually, I find that it can be very personal. When I can do, because I was, doing a modern priestess program, I called it. It was a nine-month program that I did through Namastream. 
And when I was doing that practice, there is nothing more intimate really to me than being able to communicate with somebody who's in their own home and their own familiar surroundings. And so that's one of the things that I love the most. And like, if you want a home practice, that is a home practice, right? When somebody could just show up, their dog is outside at the room, like I was talking about before coming in. And, and that's a, that's a practice where it brings it into the everyday that you don't have to go somewhere else in order to receive that experience. Because my biggest value, I would say with my business is to bring the sacred into the everyday. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So it demystifies things a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I never actually thought about online work in the way that you just described it about being in somebody's home, that that is really private and really intimate. that, That is really gorgeous. I... First of all, I'm I'm so glad that was it Jen that that introduced us. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jen. yeah. I'm so glad that she did that. We have you because have you like we own you because <laughs> um, I love 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 your name. That was the first thing that caught our eye was uh, she collective. I don't think we mentioned that, but it, I, I just learned that there's that's an acronym. Yeah. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, she collective is an acronym for soulful, holistic, and embodied because those are my main values. Yeah, I love it. And about, I don't know, two weeks ago, Jenny slacked me and she's like, Sandy, Kate has a physical product and she's selling it on Namaste. I'm like, what? What? Mm -hmm. So I raced over to your site to see what you were doing and instantly bought it because it is Mm -hmm. just so cool. And I really would love to hear your sort of thought process to add a physical product to your online offerings. And then I would love to share with you what my experience of that product has been. But why did you add physical product? It's sort of counterintuitive. We want to get away from shipping and get away from all that. We want it easy and digital on online. Exactly. (laughs) So I think it was because So first, I think the idea for the physical product really came similarly to the way the name came to me. So the name came to me when I was actually at a workshop, kind of workshop, and it was basically like an ecstatic dance thing. So you're just moving with your body to different kinds of music. And I've known this woman that I was doing this with for a really long time. I call her her my spirit mama. But she calls her thing Gypsy Soul Dance. And I knew that I was thinking about a name, but I was overthinking it, right? And there's a quote of Leonardo da Vinci said, I will not remember the whole thing. I will completely bastardize it. But basically, he says, essentially, go away, right? You need to go away so that when you come back to something, you come back at it with fresh eyes. And and also, there's been so many studies that show that when you're moving your body and some of the great thinkers, they go for long walks. And I know you two have even mm-hmm. talked about yes. going for hikes yes. and talking and, and so on. And that's actually when the name came to me. I wasn't looking for it. It, she, it just appeared. And I'm like, yes, because this business for me is a mosaic of everything that, that I do. It's a collective of everything that I do. And the people who come into this business to uh, work with me and I don't really look at it as that two way as that one way street I think it's a two way street so I started listening a little bit more to my collective and as I started listening I started realizing that women were having great experiences either in an in person workshop or I do women's moon circles and lodges so they were having great experiences at those things and they were having ex- good experiences when we were gathering online 
through Namastream, through various audios and videos and so on I was doing. And I was trying to figure out how do I bridge the gap between being in person and the energy that I feel from that as a teacher and as a participant, because it becomes something more than me, always. And I always set the intention when I do go in for an in-person and even an online that I am basically a conduit to the work. And so I was trying to figure out how do I bridge the gap between that kind of experience in person and then what I'm doing online. Because I was finding the women in person still, even though you could tell that they felt like the words they would use is, you know, joy or peace or calm or even confused. Because I actually think confusion is not a bad thing because that's when, to me, that's when the lemmings in your brain are trying to connect new neural pathways and they're trying to figure out something new. To me, confusion actually leads to curiosity or it can. So anyway, I was trying like, hmm, how do I bridge that gap? And I'm like, well, my whole thing is about bridging the gap between the sacred and the everyday. What if I start doing something that's a physical product that people have, but then there's an online tool that teaches them how to use it in their everyday? And that's how these ritual boxes really started, is that I had a a colleague at home in Edmonton, where I used to live, and I approached her and she just kept popping up every time I started thinking about this. And I went, you know what? We're not friends, but we're colleagues and we respect each other and our work. What about working together to try to build custom products for these ritual boxes? So she is basically my supplier. So I run the whole thing. Uh, She's my supplier and I kind of go, okay, we're going to be running these boxes based on the solstices and equinoxes and then what we call the cross-quarter days of the Celtic calendar and then possibly some moon phases here or there. And I tell her what the general theme is and go, do you have certain things that you feel passionate about making that fit that theme? And then she comes back to me with a long list and I want to buy every single one, but I <laughs> I cut it down. I, I have two products. Usually it's two products that I do and they're full size too. So we, we don't do just the mini thing. Uh, so it's full size and she usually custom makes it for this box. And then I thought, okay, on my end, because I deliver services, so how do I deliver something that's a physical product too? So I started making up what I call tarot style cards, these five by seven cards that you can use in meditation for different things. So each of the different boxes has a different flavor. So uh, in spring, it was nature medicine. So it was all about Ayurveda and how to work with the spring season. And I did one for the new moon, and that was all about how do you work with being at a crossroads in your life, making a decision. It's not just about making the decision. So how do you work with that? So there were five cards around that. And uh, Sandy, you'll have seen the one for solstice. Mm-hmm. So that those were all about the theme of solstice and what that's about and how to work with those particular traits and qualities. So I started coming up with those, and I do a couple other cards. So I do what's called a Goddess Chronicles card, and that is a archetype. So collective unconscious understanding of a particular uh, conglomeration of qualities and characteristics as signified in an archetype. And in this case, I work with the divine feminine because it's about embodiment. And I pick one that really feels like it suits the theme that we're working with. And then people have the option, I'm doing the hand motion, but people have the option of having a digital ebook or a physical book 
that I make and they can use it to write on and, and all those kinds of things. So it becomes more alive, really. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. I just want to explain like from a a customer side, what the process, because I think for most people to, to combine like a physical product and digital product is kind of like what? And I think it's so cool that you did it all on Namastream. Like, I think we're taking a little bit of credit here. We're like kind of proud that you did this. First of all, you figured it out is all you, but it's like the platform you use so, so, so well to, to deliver the entire experience. So I went onto your website, I purchased your summer solstice box paid online. Then I received the box and you had sent me an email saying, you should have received your box by now. Coming soon is the online portion. Watch for your email on this day. On that day, I got the email that said, hey, online portion is live. So I headed into your Namastream site called She Collective and was able to quickly log in and access your welcome video that said, Hello, I'm Kate Case from She Collective. This is the Solstice Box. This is what's happening. We're excited you're here. And it was so interesting for me because Jenny and I are in Namastream all day long, mm-hmm. looking, troubleshooting, trying things, experimenting, thinking, talking in a very analytical way. And it was so cool to be able to truly be the customer. And I hadn't been into your site, mm-hmm. so I really had no idea what you were doing. And so I was like a little kid, like, wow, this is so cool. And the the welcome video just brought it all together for me, like what things I had in my box. You actually had a separate video that said, here's how you use your things in your box. You had a PDF download that is like more description of what I can do with things in my solstice box. It was so cool. And I haven't actually done all the videos yet, but I was so attracted to it, Kate, Kate, because, and, and Jenny and I have spoken a little bit about this on recent podcasts is that this spring, like something has changed inside us Mm -hmm. and we are just so desperate to be outside and desperate Mm -hmm. to shed the winter and really experience like hands in dirt Mm -hmm. and sunshine on our face Mm -hmm. and walking and moving and connecting. And I think, I think you said it, what I am craving is the, is like female embody practices. I think that is what's missing in, in my life. And this is why that box so attracted me that I get a piece of cedar, like a floral cedar smudge wand. Is that right? Yeah. It's a tongue twister. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it just, I just, I think that listening to you online, like a video is good, is great as all our online teachers are. But then to add this like physical thing with a handwritten note from you, and I have something that was created from, uh, what is the lady's name at Edmonton? Oh, Lauren Mary Holistics. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful stuff that had like intention behind it for this, for these customers of yours. I, I just think it is just so smart and so well done. And I'm hoping that other people will start to think outside the box like this, like this just shows that you just don't have to have a membership with videos in it. Like there's so many other things that you can use, uh, uh, so many other ways, I should say, that you can use the technology. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say well done. It was just, I, I haven't even gone through it yet, but I love it. I love all of it. Thank you. And yeah. and 
It's only available in Canada. Take that, America. <laughs> hey, Jenny. Well, I just... That, yeah, that's what I was about to say, is that I also would have purchased okay, a box, well, but we'll I couldn't. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of questions, Kate. I, I'm sure you see this coming. Like, we're so curious. How did you figure out how to do this? What kind of relationship, if you're comfortable talking, talking about it, like what kind of relationship do you have with your business partner, or your supplier? And what are your plans for the future in terms of rolling this out further marketing wise? I'm, I'm just like the nuts and bolts are fascinating to me. Okay, so I'll start diving into a nut and a bolt, but you might need to pull me back on thread. So <laughs> there's a lot there. And, and that's great. So Okay, so the behind the scenes is Yeah, it's so okay. It's so real. I'm going to show you or tell you how real it really was. So I was trying to upload things and, and do everything with the videos when I was recently in rural Manitoba here in Canada. And we I was at my in-laws and there was a health scare going on and they do not have internet. So I was doing this on the side of the road because <laughs> I was driving around all over Hell's Half Acre trying to find a cell signal. And I finally found a cell signal and I was there on the side of the road making sure that all of my videos and my Canva cards, like pictures were all done and all that kind of stuff. And I was on the side of the road in 28 degree Celsius heat. And unbeknownst <laughs> to me, draining my husband's car of the battery because I didn't realize I needed to take the keys out of the ignition, needing to call him because the cell service every once in a while went to no service and it would go back and forth. So that's the real, 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 like behind the scenes of what that was. Because I'm on this road and then there's this farm tractor driving by me, kind of just looking like, is she okay? Yeah, okay, I guess she's okay. <laughs> and what were you doing up? Were you uploading videos? I, uh, yeah. I unfortunately, <laughs> because it was so unexpected, I didn't have the opportunity to upload videos before we left. Thankfully, they were all recorded before we, okay. we left. But uh, yeah, I was trying to upload videos. Oh, God, and that's hilarious. Put it all together. So, mm -hmm. is Hell's Half Acre in a, a Canadian term, Jenny? Have you heard uh, oh, that I thought it was a place. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry. I've never heard. I've so never like, heard. I was like, super, that sounds like a cool place. Yeah, I've, I've never like heard of that before. I'm driving around Hell's Half Acre. When you said that, I'm like, I think that might be a Canadian okay, thing. It is a Canadian thing. I thought that was a town. I was like, I, oh, I don't I, know I, that little town in Canada I yet. I would totally go there <laughs> with my soma. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Like, that's my kind of town. Yeah, right? No, I am loving that you talk in Canadian places, uh, that you are Canadian. They only ship to Canadian. You said Hell's Half Acre. Oh, and you right. said Celsius. Go, and I am loving it. Loving it. Okay, so about right. the shipping to Canada thing. So I actually, when I, I when I first did this, so of course, like you, you're doing with anything, I was like, okay, I have this idea. It's at the point where it needs to birth itself and then become itself. So I originally started with a lot of different options of Canada and US and so on. So I actually did have that in the first incarnation. And then I found that a confused mind says no. And so because remember, I said confusion is can be a good thing, but sometimes in business, it can be very unclear. And so I decided to just make it simple for now, because a large majority of the people that I thought that were interested in these boxes were Canadians, because they people who knew me or people who knew of me. So it doesn't mean that I don't want to go to the US because I do. And it was just a, it's just a matter of trying to figure out and this is what I'm trying to figure out. So this is where I'm going eventually is how do I make this a little bit more simplified so that you can purchase for the U.S. and get shipped to the U.S.? 
See, but on the flip side, when I'm looking at products, a lot of times it's just all US right. and everything right. anyways, right? So <laughs> that's why I kind of like <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah, jab. Exactly. So I know that shipping is hard. Mm-hmm. Like shipping in Canada is super difficult. We just don't have that many cities compared to the US. It's just expensive. There's no way around it. So are you just are you just worried about expense or are you worried about the logistics of like getting it to the United States? Like what's the most cost effective way yeah. and standing in line at a post office? A little column A, little column B. So so for the nuts and bolts about Canada Post. I do have a solutions for small business. So I'm just going to really drill it down. I have a solutions for small business card and that's actually free to anybody who applies. And so right away at the counter, you get 5% off. And then depending on the level of shipping that you do through the year, you can have different plateaus, different things. They actually really encourage because they actually, their customer service has been great as it should probably be because it's, they realize that they need to start to up their level of service because otherwise it's going to be basically a moot point that if I have somebody come, if I have a driver come to my house and pick up, it is a lot cheaper for me to do that. I just have to measure things. I just have to measure things and weigh them myself here. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully at this time, and I'm going to say it this way. And then for future growth, I'll put out to the universe that I don't want it to stay like this, but it's small enough that I can do that. Whereas when we do get to a point where we we are larger, that that's not going to necessarily be (laughs) me being able to measure away every single box. Honestly, it's simple enough for me to just go in to the post office in town. They see me coming and we're a small town, so they know me by now. So they don't really ask a lot of questions, although they're like, what's in the box today? You know, that kind of thing. So that's how the shipping works. And yeah, for the States... I am part of a lot of subscription box groups online and there are different ways that you can ship in the States like pirate ship, I think it is, and different things or UPS and so on that seem to be cheaper. And I'm not at volume yet and I'm not in the States. So I got to really, I've got to figure out what, what's working for us. So my shipping cost, and that was the other thing is, do I include shipping in the cost of the product to the consumer or do I add it after the fact? And I decided to add it after the fact because the boxes in and of themselves are not cheapy boxes. And I'm going to say it that way. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that if you get uh, a box that's only $20, that there's not value in there. But what I've been finding, especially when I'm, I'm part of these groups that I'm watching things that a lot of people do sample products and these aren't sample products. They're not meant to be sample products. They're meant to be full-size products that you can fully engage with. And so my price point for the products is much higher than what even a person's full box would be. And of course, also too, because it's a physical product, there's not a lot of wiggle room in there. And the amount of markup is so small, really. There's only a small profit margin on it. So it's actually a volume base. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm looking at it right now is it's okay. It's totally okay because it's something I love to do. Like really when I when I do have fast internet, it doesn't take me like it this is stuff that spills through me because it's it is me. And so where it's still work and I don't want to downplay that, it is something that is just a joy of mine to do. So I'm happy to let these be kind of almost beta tests 
And then as as it grows, I know I'm going to need to streamline things a little bit more. No, so many. I'm so curious. I have so many questions also because I have this other business now that's a physical product business. So I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. So yeah. one of my questions about this, the subscription box model and Sandy knows the product better than I do just because I was not allowed to purchase it. Just going to add that again mm-hmm. for, for a reference. <laughs> do you see this as being ongoing a relationship between you and this vendor or do you imagine that you're going to involve other vendors in the box in the future yeah i'm open what i try to do is is there's this fine harmony because i don't like the word balance because i actually don't think it exists i think it's a golden phoenix in a jungle that doesn't exist on this planet like like 100 percent balance so what i try to do when i'm looking at things like this is have a set of an idea of a plan and then at the same time be willing to completely throw it out if i'm getting mm-hmm. like messages from elsewhere right so as of this time yes i'm currently planning on having it as the relationship with this vendor that said i if something comes up where it makes sense to what the essence of the box is i would be open to looking at that but i would really put it against the test of is this taking me away from the reason that I did this box in the first place, or is it adding value? So yeah, those would be my questions when I'm looking at that. And in terms of the vendor, what we basically do is we do, I do it in seasons. I call it seasons. So we've got summer solstice. And then the next one is called Lamas. It's, this is again, all based on the, the Celtic calendar. So there are eight high holy days in the Celtic calendar, and it's all about seasonal transition. And so the next one is end of July, beginning of August. And then the final one will be fall equinox. So that's a season. It takes you through a season. And basically, we already have planned what's in full season because I need to tell you as a consumer what kinds of things you're going to get, get you jazzed about it in the marketing. And then I buy from her on wholesale. So uh, yeah, these things don't come cheap, but I do buy from her on wholesale. And I'm happy to because the quality of the products, I don't sell anything I don't use or have tried. And do you wait to place the order with the vendor until you've received the orders from your customers? Yes. Okay. So you know you're ordering the right amount. Mm -hmm. She does have a minimum right now for certain things. And so I know that up front. And so for example, there was a minimum for these recent cedar floral smudge wand sticks. And uh, were you wanting more of the sundial lotion? Cindy, is that where you're holding up? I'm just, I thought you were going to, I was anticipating what you were going to say. You want more of these, but yeah. yeah. There's more of the, the, more of the smudge sticks. And so I said to her, like, don't worry about it. I'll buy the whole thing. And then now I'm repurposing them. So I have a women's moon lodge that I'm running in Victoria tonight. And I've told the ladies that I have these extra really cool, awesome smudge sticks. And if they want to buy one, I'll bring one with me. And So yeah, so I've got a bunch of orders for those little extra bits and bobs. I try not to sell things that are in the box separately because the whole point is buying the box and not just the product. But in this case, because I had leftover, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, it's so smart. You're so smart, Kate. And I love that like you're you're exploring this marriage between online and offline. And I think that fundamentally, that's what that's what the future holds for business. I think that strictly online products have to be done in a very intentional way in order to be successful going forward because the market is getting saturated. So I hope that our listeners are able to tease out some lessons from what 
what you're doing and as you're exploring your own business, I think you're mm-hmm. learning a lot and uh, and hopefully some you know th- these lessons will be applicable to other people as well. I mean, even just thinking about what you're describing, like the more clients we've been working with um, bespoke clients lately, like more one-on-one work. And it's so interesting because everyone is switching to this model. No one else that I know is doing a subscription box on our platform. So you're (laughs) super unique in that way. But everyone is starting to really add more of a tangible element to what they're doing. And I think it's so smart. And even for us, we send we send our inner circle and our bespoke clients physical packages. And I love that experience as the business owner. And I know that our clients really love that experience of receiving a gift. And and it's there's something about a handwritten note and just knowing that somebody's hands are on something that now you have that mm-hmm. makes that connection that we all have online so much more powerful. And so I really think there's a lot to what you're doing that that is speaking to what the future of this kind of business will be. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just thinking as you're saying that with my one-on-one client base, which I have pulled back a little bit right now, just because things ebb and flow. And so I'm shifting some focus. And yet, obviously, the powers that be think that I should still do it because I've had a bunch of people randomly reaching out, which is great. But even when I was working with one-on-one clients, I would always, I would still send them a gift. Even if I was in the same town, I'd send them a book in the mail. Like, I mean, I don't know. I love getting mail. (laughs) My husband husband loves it. He's like a dog at the door, like waiting for the mail person to come. (laughs) That's kind of one of the things of these boxes is like, like you're getting a gift every month or every six weeks or something like that. And for yoga, like I had people who could, I knew that they could use like a meditation cushion. Okay. So I'm going to source that out. And as a client gift, I'm going to send that to them and they wouldn't necessarily know it's like the halfway. Yay. You made it during this half point journey. Here's a meditation cushion is going to help you. And so every time they see that, whether or not they're using it all the time, they're going to remember that connection yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah it's huge yeah smart it's too easy to delete an email it's too yeah. easy to forget a login it's too easy for that but when you have a physical tangible thing you'll remember your experience with that i think yeah absolutely mm-hmm. with that uh, one thing i didn't mention is one of the ways because we were talking about marketing one of the ways that i decided to try to market this a little bit more was i reached out to some people just in my field just again to just do a beta test that were running retreats. And so Mm -hmm. there was one at the beginning of June, just recently, there's a couple in July and August. And I said to them, I would like to sponsor a giveaway for your retreat. And it's not just pure swag bag stuff, which is fine in and of itself, but I want to create a retreat experience for these people going to retreat. And with talking to these women Mm -hmm. uh, running these retreats, I said, okay, what is the hardest thing or one of the hardest things from coming home from retreats? It's bringing the essence of the retreat, how you felt at the retreat, alive in your everyday. Because what I found myself and other people that I talk to and students go, it was so great to be on retreat. I don't want to go home. Well, why is it that you don't want to go home? Oh, it's because the feeling behind the retreat, you want that. Well, how can we bring that into your home? Again, bridging the gap between the sacred and the everyday. So I approached my supplier and I said, okay, so what kinds of things can we put together to have somebody have a mini taste of what these larger boxes are and also help them to be able to take some of the potency of the retreat and bring it back with them. So we created a very small little ritual kit. So it's a much smaller box, but they got like these 
lavender. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was a bunch of lavender infused bath salts and other things that she goodies that she put in there. Tea um, that she handcrafted herself because she's an herbalist. And there was another third one, and I don't remember what it is right now. I actually didn't get my hands on these products myself. I actually shipped some stuff to her. I hand wrote twenty four cards. My hands were cramping. She had a coffee shop, and then I made cards, and the cards that I made were self care medicine cards. So you just shuffle it, and it's one different aspect of you. So for our, the yoga listeners, I based it actually on the Koshik system, and I call it just the mind, body, heart, soul, and spirit. And you pull a card, and that's okay. Your mind is asking you to think about these things and all that kind of stuff. And they loved them. There were 24 women that I wouldn't have access to otherwise. Now they get to take me home in their luggage. <laughs> And they get to interact with these products and then they get to reach out to me through email and I give them an online access to their digital Namastream mini retreat kit and they'll get a welcome video from me and a meditation about integration and all that kind of stuff. So it brings it alive after the fact. So that's actually been my marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So smart. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Brilliant. Love it. I love it. Well, this has been fantastic. And uh, as we said before we started recording that I, we feel like we know each other because we're, you're in our community, you're one of our clients, we have lots of talks and uh, answering your questions and so on. So it's so lovely to actually meet with you in person and talk in real time. Mm. And I just again, want to say well done for thinking out of the box. And uh, I think that you're headed for great success with this. And you're certainly a model for others who are considering getting into the online business of what to aspire to. So thank you, Kate, for the time. Thank this, you very today. much. It's my pleasure. I geek out about this, as you can tell. So Yeah, we love it. <laughs> so as you know, we got to run you through Proust's questionnaire here really quick. Mm, yeah. All right. Ready? Yeah. What is your greatest fear? Not fully realizing my potential. What is your idea of perfect happiness? It's not really a place. It's more of a feeling. But if I were to have an external expression of that would be mountains, trees, water, and my husband, which I already have. <laughs> which living person do you most admire? Right now, my mother-in-law, she is going through so much and stepping up into herself. I applaud her. What is your greatest extravagance? Ooh, a 90-minute to two-hour hot stone jade massage. What is the quality you most like in a person? Being genuine. Which talent would you most like to have? Uh, I don't know why. I just thought about juggling because I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> probably, you know what? Actually, probably speed. I do have some physical limitations with my knee. It'd be nice to run again. <laughs> what is your most treasured possession? It's really not a thing, but I'm going to say my books. Who are your favorite writers? Oh, gosh. I love Sarah Beek, uh, Louise Penny for non for fiction. She's a Canadian author, by the way. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your motto? Bringing the sacred into the everyday. And I, yeah, and I try I like to it. model that in my, I'm going to segue this for a second, on my Instagram, because some people have asked me why I don't separate between business and personal. And I noticed that you ladies are starting to do the same thing with your Instagram feed. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't separate them out because my whole thing is that if I'm about trying to bring the sacred into the everyday, why would I completely curate what I want you to see instead of showing you what's real too? Love it. Thank you, Kate. Mm -hmm.
Okay. And always we will dive into the joy and the hustle. So Kate, if you can suggest a resource to help our listeners hustle in their business and also a tool, a resource, an idea, a book, a movie, a TV show, a hike, (laughs) something that will bring them joy. Okay. So I'll start with the hustle and I've got one piece of tech and one not. So I couldn't decide between the two. So I'm doing two. So first of all, honestly, high speed internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amen. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being so super simple with this, but uh, we have the fiber optic 250 and being on the side of the road in rural Manitoba, I really missed it. <laughs> so definitely do not chintz out on your internet speed. And then for the hustle still to a journal. And you can use it in so many different ways. But I find that it just really helps shape where I'm going to go. Because if yeah, yeah, so a journal for that. And then joy. Oh, that's just so broad. But (laughs) I love my books, as I say. One of the books that I like giving my one-on-one clients, especially if they're working specifically on what I call soul fulfillment work, I get them to read Red, Hot, and Holy by Sarah Beek. It's not her latest. I don't have her latest yet. The one thing about living on an island is it's sometimes hard to find things. So I don't have her newest yet. So that book is something that really calls me. and, And honestly, nature... We took, we did this drive out. It was four provinces and just each different place that we were at more times than not. We weren't listening to a podcast. We were talking a little bit, but every once in a while we'd turn a corner and we would kind of do this grandiose sweep of our arms. Like, just look at that. Nice. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even in okay. Saskatchewan. Okay. Well, Kate. What's that? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I got this awesome picture <laughs> of a sunset, of a prairie sunset. Nice. And I actually used it for my most recent blog post for Litha for Summer Solstice. I saw it. So actually. yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to say for Saskatchewan, I, I, I loved being able to capture that. So, yeah. <laughs> Sandy's really tried hard to tell me that Saskatchewan isn't beautiful. And I'm like, as I look at these pictures online, because yeah. I've not been to most of Canada, and I'm like, this looks fine. She's like, no, it's not fine. You don't understand. It's not fine. And I was like, looks beautiful there. No, it's not beautiful. Like, Sandy, what do you have against this place? I understand like, where Sandy's coming from. I really do. Every and Canadian there's does. A, there's a running joke about that, but I can <laughs> try to find I can find symbolism in anything so we were going to Saskatchewan a lot during the evening so it was it was beautiful to have like the to be able to see stars yeah we don't get that so much here with the mountains Mm -hmm. like it's just there's so much condensed weather right so (laughs) Sandy I like a prairie I think a lot of people like a prairie I think you just got to get over it (laughs) all right I'll take you there next time you're up here yeah. <laughs> All right. Deal. Go to Saskatoon, though. Downtown Saskatoon is gorgeous. All right. But <laughs> do it. All right. Before we go, we should tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, there you go. So a couple places. So uh, websites are she, S-H-E, collective.ca or ritualbox.ca. And then on Instagram at she collective number one. And then on Facebook, she collective. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. 
That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Thank you.